0: This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio, streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman
2: and Bob Stelton. Welcome everybody, it's Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. A beautiful day outside, this actually feels a little warmer. No rain, Dave. It all. It, are, are we trending towards spring, or is it just going to downpour? Now that I said that, yeah, you just jinxed <laughs> did I us. Jinx it? Uh, what about uh, the uh, we get the clocks going? Yeah, forward, this weekend, yeah. right? Yeah, I thought. What wasn't there some vote or something? They were going to get rid of daylight savings. Did I did I dream about that? Is that not real? Yeah,
0: that, there, there was, was somebody, and then uh, someone killed him. Oh. And then uh, they uh, that, that idea went away. <laughs> that is, is entirely false information, yeah, ladies yeah, and gentlemen.
2: It's much like the Bosworth plotline. <laughs> in this movie. Dave's just making it up. <laughs> I, uh,
0: yeah. I. Uh, it, but it's nice. I mean, it's somewhat discouraging when we walk out of here at 6 o'clock and it's pitch
2: black. Yeah. Or, or even at, like, 5 o'clock when you go to get a cup of coffee and it's dark outside. <laughs> we so. can't see out the window. All we yeah. see is our reflection because it's so dark outside. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, well, uh, you spring forward, spring forward, fall back. So, yeah, we right. spring forward this, what is it, Sunday morning, Saturday night, whatever. Yeah, One, whatever. Yeah. By t- I have it, no idea, Bob. I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> well, the beauty is our phones will automatically adjust, and yeah. we'll, we'll, just, uh, we'll just go on, and it'll be lighter when we get out of here, which is always fun. Has that ever messed you
0: up in your life?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah I, I know it has. One time, my brother and I were
0: flying down to San Diego to see my brother, and he showed up, like, really early. And I'm like, w- what are you doing here? And he's like, it's time to go. Did you? Oh, you didn't change your clock, did you? So I had to, like, <laughs> no shower, throw stuff in a bag, and I was out of there Just in, like, panicked. 10 minutes. Isn't
2: yeah. that the worst when you're late for something important, whether it's, you know, Especially, when you're at school or a meeting? Yeah. Or, yeah, that's, ugh. Especially the airport. Yeah.
0: Because hits, you know, hanging around at an airport and... You know, it's going to cost you money, extra money, and the the whole thing is just,
2: uh Yeah, Wait, waking yeah. up late is the worst if you've got to be somewhere and you just yeah. look at the, I forgot to set my alarm, or, you know, it's one of those panic, as you said, just throwing on clothes and yeah. squirting toothpaste in your mouth and running out the door. Bad yeah. feeling. Yeah, not Bad good. Feeling. Anyway, hopefully nobody's dealing with that. You're all having a good day out there. We've got a big show coming up. Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times will join us at 3 o'clock. We'll do some uh, Mariner talk there at 4 o'clock. Maybe 4.30, we're not sure yet. Brock Heward will join us at some point. Maybe in studio, maybe not. It's we all run up on in the Superstar air. Time. I can't control Yay, it. Hey, whatever yeah. His Highness wants is how we're going to do this. If he wants to come in, we'll have him in. If he wants to call us on the phone, we'll, we'll talk to him on the phone. Where's his agent?
1: We did both one time. Do you remember that? He started the conversation on the phone. Oh, that's right. And then I he ran out in. to get him, and yeah. then he ran in oh, really? on the phone yeah. and hopped on the mic. Yeah, so maybe it'll be one of those days. So
2: it'll be 4 or 4.30. uh, But uh, El Hombre will be with us at 5. We know that. That's what you do. You just etch that in stone every Tuesday at 5 o'clock with Michael Bradley. So we got a lot to cover. You guys can text in throughout the show, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. So we were talking about this news broke during our show yesterday. The Geno Smith uh, news broke right as we were literally... Cracking the mics is like, hey, the tweets are out there. A deal has been struck, a three-year, $105 million deal, and we didn't have any of the details. Yeah, We don't have all of them yet, but it looks a little different. You've, we've got some details that make it look a little bit more. And one of the things I was surprised about, Dave, and I think I was telling you this yesterday or maybe on the notes last night that I emailed to you, but I was surprised at the the blowback from people. There was a, There was a fair amount of negativity to it out of the gate. And it was – yeah, because it felt like everybody loves Gino because he's not Russell. you got to bring him back. He's great. He had a great year. He's the answer. And then when the numbers came out, we got a lot of texts of people going, no, that's no good or this is too much or, you know, he's mediocre, blah, blah, blah. I was just a little surprised at some of that. But if you're one of the people that felt that way, I would imagine seeing the breakdown would make you feel a little bit better because the way it goes – this is according to Mike Garofalo uh, base value is three years 75 million so that's a 25 million dollar a year average uh, he does he does get a, a 40 million dollar fully guaranteed at signing which is which is big and then 28 million in the first year up to 30 million more in incentives in total throughout the life of the contract not the first year so it's 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 not what it looked like on the surface without all the details. So the average annual value is 25 million. Now he can make a lot of money in incentives. We don't know what those are yet. We haven't seen what he needs to do to, you know, what, what, what dollar amount is attached to each achievement or if it's individual achievements, if it's team achievements, I'm sure it's probably a mixture of both.
0: Yeah. And I think we talked a little bit about this uh, yesterday that like, does this clear the way for them to to now get on with building the rest of their team? And how do you feel about the amount of money you paid Gino? I mean, you know, it was just like we we talked about yesterday with our, our good buddy, the late, great John Clayton would say the professor would tell you, wait and see what the details are. And so now you see the details of uh, basically it's a three or twenty five million dollar deal. At its base, now the the guarantees, and you brought this up yesterday. That's you know that's the one thing that is the most important.
2: Yeah, the guarantees. Yeah, that's we, they dress it up with you know we've seen huge deals, hundred and fifty million dollars over the. A two things are always seem to be true. Not always, but for the most part, they rarely see the end of that deal. They yeah. rarely collect every penny of it because either they move on or they they restructure. That's the big thing. I mean, you see it, 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 not just quarterbacks. You see anybody signs a huge deal. It's huge. It's flashy. It's a headline grabber. And then invariably, I'm already hearing about, you know, Cleveland, they're trying to get Deshaun Watson to restructure his deal. They have to do it because they can't manage the dollar value that's hitting the cap every year. So he just signed that deal. And we're all just going, oh, my goodness, look at this amount of money he's making. They're already going to restructure that deal. So I'm not saying that's what happens here, but that's part of what, seems to happen when we get these big flashy numbers yeah they don't it's not often true that yep they're going to play four years or three years and they're going to make every dollar of that
0: yeah and i just i'm curious how how people think i know that uh, bump and stacy uh was listening on the way in they had some callers you know how do you feel about this and everything now that it's broken down in that way now this isn't the entire story just like the whole 105 million dollar deal is not the whole story um but uh the 3 year 25 million dollar deal with a chance to earn it makes me like Gino a little bit more too that he's he's willing to bet on himself that mm-hmm. like I can do those same kind of numbers and i was just pulling up his his numbers and almost 70% completion percentage the next closest was 68.3 which is joe burrow so i mean that's that's a really good year the, you know the interceptions i know burrow threw more than he did um you know there's there was a couple of good you know i think mahomes through 12 so i mean if if he lives up to these numbers that he that he put up last year is mm-hmm. are you cool with that oh yeah that yeah, it was a
2: great year it was yeah. a great year i think i fall in line with what i what i sort of presume other gms might feel with a, just an air of skepticism like man that was a, I couldn't have been more wrong. I was dead wrong on what he was going to be this year. I was saying they were duct tape, him and Drew Locke. Didn't matter who won. It was going to be, you know, these are placeholders for whether it's a free agent or a rookie, whatever comes in here. So blew expectations out of the water without yeah. question. And I think that was true for most people. The other part of it is, is okay, that was so far out of the ordinary for him. What's Is that real? Is that fool's gold like we talked about? You know, there are these cautionary tales of guys throughout the history of this league that pop for a year and then capitalize on it and good for them. And we brought up Blake Bortles, brought up Joe Flacco. We've seen different quarterbacks, you know, to lesser extent where Fitzpatrick had had a year, signs a deal. You, you, different guys have done it and then they sort of, rev, you know, regress back to maybe something closer to what they had been. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Geno, but I think that's what leads to my skepticism. Like, yeah, I lo- I'm rooting for him to duplicate what he did last year by all means and exceed it if possible. But if he gives you that or something close, I'm not complaining by any stretch. I'm just wondering, Ken, is that sustainable?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, and this is a couple of years in, uh, in a row because, uh, you know, uh, Son of Gustafson gave me a projection from the three games, or maybe it's the four games that he played in 2021, and uh, I keep losing
2: it. So anyway, he... uh, (laughs) So you make him do it all over again every time?
0: Poor Brandon. Uh, But he has it luckily on file somewhere, not in a notebook like me. But he had, you know, the the numbers that he put up in 2021 averaged out over 17 games. Uh, He would have been 68.4% that's the projection Uh, just under 3000, as far as yardage goes, 21 touchdowns and four picks. So, you know, and sacked 55 times. So, I mean, I I think you could throw that in there a little bit. What was he sacked this year? 46 times this year. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of that to add stability, but like you said, I think everyone is in the back of their mind thinking what happened? What was, what went on before this, but, You know, I I think uh, we we talked to uh, Schultz yesterday and, you know, he seemed to to think that Gino was a good leader and all the things that he said he liked. And, you know, we're hearing a little bit of that from, uh, you know, from uh, other people. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest part. Do you and we don't really know Gino that well. And I think that's one of those things that, you know, is kind of gets in the way of, of people like what's what's going on at this point for one more day. At this point last year, if you t- you would have said, "Look, you're not going to have Russell Wilson as your your quarterback, and Geno Smith is going to play in every game," I don't think he missed a snap, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he's going to put up. Sixty-nine point eight percent completion percentage and thirty touchdowns. I would have said you bumped your head. Yeah, you you hit your heart your head really hard. Have a seat. Let's look, get you checked out. Make sure you're okay. It's like me falling off the treadmill <laughs> type of bump on the head. So, yeah, I mean it's it's just uh, it's very surprising. I think it's hard to get used to. But you know we, we talk a lot about uh, John and and
2: Pete and what they see in quarterbacks and how they've managed them and mm-hmm. they've done a pretty good job. Done done a great job for the most. I mean, listen, you are not going to bat a thousand for every time we say that somebody's going to check in with you know. Well, what happened with Matt Flynn or Charlie Whitehurst or this guy? Yeah, yeah, you are not. Nobody bats a thousand. Does Bill Bill Belichick doesn't matter? You know, it's it's what you do. But for the most part, they've they've done a nice job with especially with you know two guys in in Russell and now Geno. You really didn't have a lot of expectations going with these guys. I mean, Russell, I remember thinking, all right. Third round, taking a flyer on this guy. Let's see what he's about. He's kind of undersized. You know what I mean? Just kind of nondescript. That's the year they'd spent all the money on Flynn, and you expected him to be the guy, and we know how that turned out. And I think Pete was even a little surprised by that. Did I ever tell you the story when I got on
0: the after the third preseason game against Kansas City, and Russ just balled out, and uh, Pete <laughs> getting on the plane, he's like, hey, why, man, what would you think of that? And I was like, that was bleeping awesome. And yeah. he was like laughing. and He was like surprised, you know, like, I mean, I think they, uh, John knew that he could be that when Certainly, he went and yeah. scouted him and everything. But yeah, you're right. Both of them kind of a, kind of a surprise just sort of came out of nowhere. So yeah, it, it's, I think that there's a lot to like uh, about this. I think the other thing is, and I heard Bump and Stacey talking about this as well, is that y- your defense has to get a lot better. A lot better. Mm -hmm. And that will really be the biggest friend to Gino. Going and getting him another weapon? No. I mean, yeah, protection. He definitely needs a center. He needs a guard. But, you know, mostly he
2: needs a defense. He's got a pretty nice complement of weapons, I would say. Wouldn't you? I mean, you you got a nice running back in K9. You got maybe, if they're not the best, one of the best wide receiver tandems in the NFL. I agree. With DK and Tyler. And we'll see what happens with Will Disley. Noah Fant. Not an all pro, but pretty solid guy. Yeah, you got two nice tackle, two nice young tackles out there. The the needs there could you use a third receiver? Absolutely. Not saying sure. they don't have needs, but the pressing needs are all on defense. There's nothing outside of a center now because we don't know who the center is going to be. Blythe retired, and maybe they could fix that one guard spot there where Gabe Jackson is. For the most part, you feel pretty solid about what's happening on the offense. There are things to address, but the the pressing need. Is on the other side of the ball, yeah, yeah, and that'll be that'll be his best friend
0: by far. So, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, and some of the some of the stuff uh, I thought that, that Pete talked about was uh, was interesting about how you know that whole
2: Geno deal came together. Yeah, he was on he was on with Brock and Salk this morning. So, a couple things here. He is just on how the deal came together.
3: Yeah, um, really well. <laughs> was done really well. Everybody uh, stayed really, you know, on point communication was great um the focus was there to, to get something done and and uh so we got it done in timely fashion you know we we're ahead of free agency which we needed to do and and uh, really everybody's thrilled about it um owner with you know jody was great about it all the way through she gave uh john the, the freedom to do what he needed to do to make the deal and then then in in visiting her with her yesterday she was really pleased and excited she 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 took a lot out of Gino's accomplishments in last year and and uh, was really proud of him and and excited to, you know for the future and moving on so everybody's connected on it so it's a good deal and a good deal for our club and i think it sends a really good message too to the everybody on the outside that this is this is a good place you know and and uh, that things are going in the right direction and we're fired up about it
0: yeah I wonder you know for Jodie Allen it's funny when when her brother Paul passed away you know we didn't know how much how involved she was going to be and you know when I was down when we were in Germany I was down on the sidelines actually talking to Pete and then um I was sort of ushered away because Jody Allen was coming in oh. to talk to Pete on the sidelines. Clear path. And, yeah. And look, they they seem to, to love one another. I mean, mm-hmm. the relationship between those two. And I think for that reason, because of, you know, what we heard, you know, that Russ's with Russ's departure, that she's especially grateful for the performance that Gino had. I mean, I feel like, you know, they both kind of are able to do each other a solid. And look, it's all about money and everything. I get that part. But I do think that, you know, there's just a little bit of an edge. Like if it was going to push a number one way or another, it would push it up for ownership as far as how much to pay Gino Just because of that that event last
2: year, that mm-hmm. they were stuck without anybody and except a backup quarterback who really no one knew anything about. Well, and I, and I give them credit in sticking to their guns because they they were selling us on hey Gino and Drew they're going to battle it out we feel good about both these guys now the only thing that they didn't that didn't happen that Pete talked about is they were going to bring somebody else in as part of the competition now we didn't know at what level is this going to be a you know just a free agent who's out there to be had and maybe you bring him into the mix remember he'd said we're not done yet you know like yeah that. he did we thought there was going to be that third person that didn't happen but. Outside of that, they were, you know, full throat. They were, you know, as the kids say, saying it with their chest. You know that they they were they were into I've these two guys. They felt really good, really good about both these guys. And we're yeah. at least I was kind of like, yeah, okay, good luck with that. And, yeah. and they, you know, they were proven to be absolutely right. And wow. it, it was it was an amazing season out of nowhere. And maybe and maybe Drew Lock getting uh, getting COVID
0: was like a. A godsend. I mean, yeah, because if... they made that decision, and then, what well, I would say this though: Drew Locke came back into the the fourth preseason game against Dallas. It wasn't good. He threw yeah. the ball away a couple of times. So, yeah, that Geno. I I think the other thing, the communication, and you know, we talked about uh, with uh, Scott Fitter how John Schneider is such a good people person, yeah. and and we know Pete is right but you know there's a there's a clip that from this morning that I thought was interesting about the communication because you know sometimes it, with a lack of communication there's a void and the void gets filled by
2: thinking Nonsense. worst the worst of someone or, or- and maybe hearing from your friends, yeah, I heard this, so-and-so, the word is, this is being said. Exactly. Or, yeah, here's here's the cut you're talking about, Pete talking about why it was important to keep that communication going throughout this entire process. Well, you
3: know, really give credit where credit is due. I'm, I'm riding along with John on this one, and uh, he and Matt Thomas were on it constantly to make sure that we had a schedule and we would – the communication was excellent, you know, and ongoing, and there was no voids because there's in these kinds of negotiations, the spaces can really cause issues, you know. And both, you know, Gino's representation and our guys just didn't let that happen. What so, do you mean the spaces? Well, the the, the time frames, you wow. know, because it's just the the quiet times, you know, you, you, and the minds start rolling and everybody's thinking this or thinking that, all the alternatives. What's going on, you know, and, and uh, that can cause problems. But we we were very sensitive to making it a great process.
0: See, yeah, uh, I think. And this, I I felt like this kind of ha- – I don't want to get too deep into it, but too, I kind of thought this happened during the pandemic when we were all locked away. You don't see a person, you don't talk to them, and you begin to think – well, did I do something? Or maybe he's a jerk or maybe this is you <laughs> maybe know like he's I, a
2: jerk this whole time. Yeah. Oh. Like
0: I said, the void gets filled filled with and I look, I'm I'm somebody who thinks ninety percent of people are good, ten percent are bad. You know, I and you start to almost flop that number when you don't hear anything. You know, yeah. especially with the Twitter world. You know, you read stuff like you just said, Oh, I heard somebody said this and somebody said that and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And for them to just be on top of the communication, I, I feel like that's that probably was more important than any number that they yeah. put out there.
2: No. he And, and you know what? I, I'm wondering, I'd almost love to ask Peter, John, was there a sense of not urgency, but more of a focused effort to keep that communication open with somebody who is as active on social media as Gino is. Cause yeah. we were talking about his tweets and some of them kind of cryptic. Some of them people saying, well, that's a song lyric. And one of them was just like the word numbers. And we're like, well, that could be any song. There's a million <laughs> songs that have the word numbers that can we narrow it down? But either way he's he's fairly active out there so maybe they felt like hey let's let's stay on top of this because he is somebody who is consuming if he's on there he's seeing things that are said and he's responding to things that are said so maybe if there was a different level of of uh, inspiration to say, we need to keep the dialogue going because that, that could get away from you.
0: Well, and real quick, before we go to take two, I think also, you know, John, great people person, but Pete Carroll, I mean, as far as his players go and how he treats them and how he communicates with them and everything, it's just, I think he's he's got to be one of the best, most accessible head coaches in the league.
1: All right, let's take two. Well, the Ravens could not agree to a contract extension with Lamar Jackson, so they put the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, so slightly over $32 million. Now Jackson does sign with another team. The Ravens can match the offer, or if they don't choose to the match, they get two first-round picks back in return.
2: Yeah, the, I don't know how much you've read on this, Dave. I've read, boy, a million different takes on it. It just seems to be the sticking point isn't the, the amount of money. He wants a fully guaranteed deal like Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And... Apparently the Ravens don't. <laughs> now, what? How much of it they're want to guarantee? Who knows? But that that seems to be the consistent theme in the different articles I've read about this. That it's not so much about hey, he wants you know whatever forty five a year. They want to pay him forty. No, it's about having it a, a fully guaranteed deal.
0: You know, I am, was alive and actually playing when any mention of a guarantee in the NFL was just so far fetched. Yeah. And now you know you, you're talking about a guarantee, and what is? of extremely violent sport. And especially if you're a quarterback
2: uh, who runs the ball. And he's been hurt the past two years. Yeah. So I I, kind of understand the reluctance on whether it's the Ravens or anybody else. I mean, look, he could be the greatest
0: guy in the world, the best leader, all those things, you know, fantastic player. But if he's not available, then, you know, and I don't want to, you know, rip him for just, I mean, he's missed four games the last two years, each so or five i guess because the 17 game i don't know if you're guaranteeing a guy who's out there putting himself in harm's way as much as he is
1: well on the other end of that the giants and daniel jones did agree to a deal just uh minutes before the franchise tag tag deadline it's a big one too four years 160 million and albert Breer reports that the full guarantee $82 82 million spread over the first two years.
2: Now some of that, as the professor said, could be injury guarantees and all that. I don't know the particulars, but the the numbers on the surface are big and flashy, like we were talking about, Dave. For a guy who going into the season, there were questions. Boy, are they gonna are they gonna retain him? Are they are they sold that he's the man? Is he the guy? And he had a he had a good season. He completed 67 percent of his passes, which was his best. Uh, 3,200 yards, which was his best. Fifteen touchdowns, five picks. Yeah, I mean not not electric numbers, thirty two hundred yards. I mean these days that's that's not a an electric season, but obviously they feel they saw enough to well, say he's our guy. And I
0: I don't know what my eyes told me watching the giant game when they were here, and maybe it was he was off or something, but it just didn't look to me like this dynamic. You know, runner, first of all, because coming into that game, I think he had two 100 yard games. He
2: did run for 708 yards and seven touchdowns.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. I almost don't want to brag about that with my quarterback. I don't want to brag that he ran for 800 yards because, again, like we talked about Lamar Jackson, but I don't know. There was just nothing about Daniel Jones that entirely blew my skirt up right. about
2: that. Take two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up, some big names were tagged and some big names were, uh, weren't at the uh, franchise tag deadline, which is now passed. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman
1: and Bob,
3: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports and the
1: Seattle Sports app.
2: Coming up at three o'clock, Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times will join us. Talk some Mariner baseball, but the news happening in the world of the NFL taking uh, taking precedence right now. We've got some names that were tagged, the franchise tag, as we've talked about. Teams are generally seem reluctant to use it. Certainly the Seahawks don't use it very often at all, but some big names out there, and I, I don't know that anybody's surprised by any of these. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's the first one. We mentioned that before. So he's got a $32 million, $32.41 million price tag for this year, and we'll see if they can work out a long-term deal, if they end up guaranteeing enough of the deal to satisfy him. We talked about uh, Deron Payne, eighteen million nine hundred thirty-seven. Eighteen million nine hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars is the franchise tag for him, and then the two running backs that we talked about, Tony Pollard, didn't he come? Up, didn't he suffer significant injury at the end of the year? Yeah, was in it?
0: that playoff game, I believe, because uh, he had some kind of a
2: was it ankle. I think it was a high ankle sprain that got aggravated in that in that game. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So he gets the franchise tag at ten point oh nine million, and then same with Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing and ran all over the Seahawks in that game, $10.09 million. So there you go. Well,
0: and, you know, you look at those two running backs, I mean, that's a pretty good bargain now, considering whether or not they're going to be healthy. But Josh Jacobs ran for 1,653 yards, um, you know, and he had 12 runs over 20 yards. We we know that painfully (laughs) well. Um, He only fumbled. He did not lose a fumble, actually. Uh, he he fumbled twice and got looks like got both of them or somebody got both of them back so same thing with Barkley he did not lose a fumble 1300 yards it's just amazing to me though that you know when I was a kid and playing flag football I wanted to be a running back Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna play in the NFL it's a glamorous spot but yeah and then you know I started you know getting a little bit bigger and then you know I was watching uh, Jack Lambert and, and everything like that but like I feel like back in those days, every every kid wanted to be a running back in the NFL. I mean, the pass game wasn't as developed. Now, you you should tell your kids to beef up and be an inside pass rusher because defensive tackles are getting, what, 8 or $9 million more on the franchise tag? It's just unbelievable
2: to me. And Does it, it just come down to durability of that yeah. particular spot? Has to be. Because the running backs, as we've talked about over the years, I mean that's you think that's got the shortest lifespan that you know, think NFL so. life, obviously. I'm talking about just career. Yeah. It just Well, and I've said this before, I'll say it a million times more, but like
0: the few times when I was in the NFL and I got my hands on the ball, you realize everybody is trying to kill you. Yeah. Right? Now, like for me, a linebacker yeah there's maybe one, maybe two guys that are assigned to try and kill me, but for the most part, you didn't real, you know, you don't really realize that when you're a running back. I mean, you got to have some stones to play that position, man. Some of these huge, you know, safeties and linebackers that are taking you down. So, I, yeah, it's it's definitely. I, I think it's really good for a team, though. I mean, if you're a team like the Giants. You know, uh, you're like, uh, I love it. Same with the Cowboys. I can pay this guy just $10 million and he's really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really it, good player. It's so, it is where you're right because that was such a glamour position, whether you're talking about Tony Dorsett or Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith or OJ on the field, uh, you know. <laughs> but it, that was the glamour spot. And now you look at it and it is such a transactional, it's so, so quickly flipped. Uh, it, what struck me watching the combine is when they were doing some of these drills and they, they, they had a, a drill they were doing, and they were bringing up names of running backs that, that reminded, And the, some, they were bringing up names I hadn't even thought of in a while. It like, hey, looks like DeMarco Murray. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, DeMarco Murray. Yeah. And then somebody said Arian Foster, who was in the news for other things. But you realize these guys were the man for a year or two or three and then you, you're like, oh yeah, what happened to him? Yeah, you know what I mean. They're just these names, whether it's Larry Johnson, whether it's Priest Holmes, That's whether it's it DeMarco is. Murray. Uh, it, it just you can go up and down the list. It, it's it's amazing how quickly somebody who looks so dominant and looks like, oh man, imagine. It. I mean, Zeke Elliott. Now the, we're looking at him and they're going, eh, the Cowboys going to bring that guy back. They put the franchise tag on on this guy here, the young guy, and Zeke's more of a specialist anymore. It just it's quick. It feels – it's it's very – Frank Gore is an absolute anomaly. Yeah. Absolute anomaly. A guy who's just that productive for that long at that position. And the baddest dude in the yeah.
0: NFL probably because – well, just look at his picture. Go pull <laughs> a pro football reference and look <laughs> at uh, Frank Gore's picture. It's like, I'm going to smoke you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh,
2: and I'm reading that the Titans are looking to shop uh, – uh, uh, Derek Henry. Henry, yeah. Uh, I mean and-
1: – You're you're at peace with that? Well, no, like you've been talking about, the timeline for running backs, the decreasing likeliness that they're going to maintain that peak form as they get older and take all those hits, so... It sucks to say, but everyone's replaceable at the running back position.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And otherwise, it'd be a higher, you know, number as far as the tag goes. But yeah, I I must have been watching that same, that same uh, segment you were because they were bringing up uh, was it Lorenzo Charles or no that that was a basketball player.
2: It was mm-hmm. Lorenzo like, Neal? We were
3: talking
0: yeah, fullbacks. I, or? Yeah, maybe or some. Yeah, I think the the one you mentioned, uh, like Priest Holmes, and the yeah, other and guy from Demarco KC. Murray. Yeah, I, it was I hadn't like
2: heard that name in a while, Demarco yeah. Murray.
0: Yeah, so, and Ladanian Thomason, who's on the call, you know, he's doing the the combine and reacting to it and stuff. So, yeah, those guys come and go, but it's like a quick, you know, you never look at a running back and go, wow, it seems like he's been in the league forever. I mean, it's no. just uh, incredible. But so, as far as the tags go, it's just very interesting to me. I mean, defensive tackle, I mean, that used to be just a, a place where you put a big guy in the middle and he clogs up, takes up space. And you know that's really all you're asking him to do, but just be big, yeah. Just I go there and be big. I don't know. I don't know if maybe who was before Cortez Kennedy, because he, you know, at that time was by far the most active inside guy. Reggie White used to rush inside every once in a while, but he he would rush on the outside like a.
2: Wouldn't Bruce Smith be inside and outside, or was he always on the? Edge? He
0: was always an end. Okay. Yeah, and the impressive thing was he got. <laughs> A fair amount of his sacks, which is 205, which will never be, I don't think, broken. But he did it in a three-four defense, which is harder, you know. So, um,
2: we're yeah. Some of those lines in the, uh, and I don't know what each guy did, but you'd hear about the the steel curtain or the fearsome foursome or yeah. you know doomsday defense or these different the purple,
0: names, purple people, purple eaters. people
2: eaters, Carl Eller, and all these people. The, were there some inside guys there that were? Putting up big numbers, do you remember? Was Deacon Jones always on an end, or was he? Yeah, I always inside
0: sometimes. I'd have to go look at the, some of the film. Like I said, I think they moved Reggie White around, which he was amazing. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him sack Elway two times in a row. We went to Green Bay, and I think it was two times in a row he he sacked Elway and just entirely abused whoever the offensive lineman was. So, but I think he he used to rush outside and inside. It's kind of like J.J. Watt. We heard that from Mark Schlereth that yeah, he can rush anywhere, but. Yeah, usually it's the defensive ends. It's not the big defensive tackles. Those guys in the middle, you know, those are those are the guys that uh, just kind of take up space. And But, man, you can see now, obviously it's the shortest distance to the quarterback, you know, if you're right over the center. And some of these guys just entirely wreak havoc.
2: Yeah. All right, coming up, could there be a free agent option out there from an unconventional source? We'll tell you what we're talking about next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.
1: Wyman and Bob,
3: powered through the Alaska Airlines
1: Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
2: Coming up at three o'clock, our buddy Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times will join us. We'll talk some Mariner baseball with him. In the meantime, talking a lot about free agents out there, Dave, and you know who fits, who doesn't. Where do you look? Do you fill out the the weaknesses with the draft and in a, and a combination of that and the free agency? And I'm wondering. You know, we were talking yesterday uh, briefly about watching the XFL. <laughs> and I, First of all, I'm, I'd love to know how many people are dialed into the XFL, if, if this is still a thing for people or if you've kind of, you know, gotten lost in the whole combine and potential of the draft and all that.
0: Have we mentioned, mentioned the uh, the Mac and Jack's, uh text line? Maybe they can let us know, 866-979-3776. Yeah, I'm yep. yeah, just curious. You know, like if they're huge fans like you are, uh, just Bob sitting down, taking notes, running oh, things back on the oh, XFL yeah. game.
2: Breaking it all down. <laughs> but Inucci, I tell you.
0: <laughs> I, hey, you know what? He's leading the league in completion percentage. Uh, he, he looks really good. I think he's like 68% in the XFL. But, um, yeah, I just think it's such a great deal. We talked about this a little bit at the at the end. Like, are they making any money? I mean, the game you watched is that the one that I was watching the recap
2: of? Against, yes, it was They're in, in Vegas, Vegas at this kind of random field. It almost looks like a high. That's probably smaller than a high school stadium in Texas.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How many people do you
2: think were there? I don't know if you saw any shots of the stands, but not many. Man. They look pretty I don't know. sparse. I would say Four thousand. Maybe something like that spread out. It was an incredibly windy day. The wind was ridiculous. The guys in the booth were talking about their papers got blown away and yeah. everything, and the, you, the flags were pinned on the goalposts. And it was just it was a really weird day out there. But well, I'll
0: have to ask my good buddy
2: the Rock. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, in with him. I did communicate with him <laughs> yeah, in a really roundabout way, but but no, I went, I'm curious if the NFL is subsidizing that at all. I think it's a really good thing for the NFL. I mean, look, it used to be that, you know, you you went to Canada and yeah. that was really the only only place to go. So, you know, a, a story about like um, Warren Moon where, mm-hmm. you know, he got drafted. They wanted him to play a tight end and, you know, he goes to the Canadian Football League. This would be something for him that he, you know, that uh, is here in the States. It doesn't seem that outrageous. It seems like a, a well-funded deal and yeah, I think it's it's really good for the NFL. And just I just remember watching Igwechuk. Yeah, uh, and I yeah. think he was playing defense at the time. And you know, Mara was doing the sidelines on the first go-around with the XFL here in Seattle, and then the pandemic hit. But uh, I just remember writing up a like a little rapport to him, and I thought he was a good defensive back and good player and good ball skills and all that. And here he is, you know. He, I thought I really thought he was going to bust one last year, um, but the kickoff return uh, from him was was really good. So this is a good thing, I think, for for the NFL. And yeah, I'm curious, like you said, what uh, what people. What's their, their patterns as far as watching the XFL? Is it plugged in like an automatic, or is it just like, eh, yeah, you know, let me check it out, like for curiosity's sake?
2: Well, 360 says, I'll, I'll watch the XFL, but more for background noise, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, another 360 says, We have actually been watching and enjoying the Sea Dragons. My son and I do talk about the game, and I have found myself referring to them as our team. There we go. So there you go. Um, this isn't even a football facility. It was some kind of minor league soccer stadium. Yeah, the Vegas one. Yeah, it was. It was kind of, kind of strange. A little, a little cheesy there. But uh, this person said, "I watched most of the XFL and none of the combine." Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a true football fan, I think. You know, because
0: it it is. I just like that you could see their faces. You can hear from them. They interview them. I like the. I mean, those type of competitions have been have become all of a sudden a big thing. Like the 40, like Rich Eisen runs his 40 for charity. Yeah. So everybody knows about the 40 yard dash. Everybody knows about the vertical jump and the broad jump and all those things. I just I don't know. Those things are more appealing to me than watching the XFL. Right now. Yeah, anyway. it's
2: I would say you see the difference between that and the NFL certainly. You you see it's not that. And it and it makes it that's, you know, maybe something we can ask John. Obviously you're scouting You know, college kids, you're looking at all these different programs, you're you're aware of the free agents. I'm assuming they have somebody in their scouting department keeping an eye on the XFL. Like, hey, you see anybody that pops, anybody that's worth taking a closer look at. Oh, sure. I mean, that's, to me, I think you're not doing your job. If you're not at least looking, doesn't mean you're going to find somebody. But is is that going to become another avenue to find you know, hey, we're gonna pluck this guy off this roster and he he looked great for this team in the XFL. It's sort of like NFL Europe was. I mean Kurt Warner played in NFL Europe and that kind of seemed to be uh, you know, something similar that was going on before where guys would sort of make their name there and then get a shot in at the NFL level.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't heard from any of uh, you know, the the teams that whether or not they're going to the games and whatnot, but they they are aware of it. And I know that there are that there are scouts that are looking at film.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's different in the you know, the rules are different. The kickoff rules we talked about were they're lined up 5 yards apart, both teams and they can't move until it's an odd look. It it really is odd. They're I mean, they're literally like two steps from each other, but they're they're halt, halt, hold, hold and then the soon and then as soon as the ball's touched by the returner, then they go. Yeah. But the the having everybody mic'd up at least this past week was problematic. Because you're getting a lot of curse words that are making their way through, which I'm at peace with. I'm fine.
0: What what station was it on? It 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 was on
2: FX. Okay. Yeah. It was on... Yeah, FX, I believe, is what it was on. Um, So I I guess technically it's a cable channel, so you you can... There's no FCC violation. But the problem is, is they're hitting a dump button afterwards. So you'll hear... Like Ron Zook is their defensive coordinator, the Sea Dragons. And he was calling a play, and it was, you know, whatever whatever word he kept repeating the word you know like tango 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 and then he's like oh bleep we already did that or something like that oh, and that came through <laughs> and then you hear like five seconds of of a mute button like you can tell somebody's hitting the dump button and it's just silence yeah. for five seconds and then there was another brett hudley completed a long pass he's running down the field Woo! you hear him cheering and he throws out that's my bleepity bleep and mm-hmm. that got through and then it's silence for five more seconds so they need to figure that out. It's cool to have everybody mic'd up and you can hear the coaches, you can hear the replay guys, you can, you know, but they need to figure that out. Either they have to make it a pact not to swear, or you're just going to have to put a parental guidance thing up there before the game starts and say, you know, maybe some offensive language here. I don't know how you, you work your way around that because the gaps with the mute. Is is odd. I don't know how you how you don't swear when you're playing the game of football. I don't don't think it's a realistic expectation. That's that's me.
0: The guy I used to go against all the time that I really hated was Steve Wisniewski. Yeah, that was one. He was a guard for the Raiders, so faced him twice a year. Same thing when I got to Denver, and he never swore and i would i was constantly chirping at him and we were going back and forth and he'd be like oh i see you closed your eyes that time and i would be <laughs> bleepity bleep 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 and then he would just turn around and walk away so yeah. i guess i guess he won
2: yeah him and philip rivers philip rivers would antagonize everybody and he'd have that face but apparently would never throw out a curse word but he was a big smack talker philip rivers the thing i couldn't stand is the way his mouth would
0: move when he would you know yeah. talk noise at people yeah he was
2: punchable looking yes uh yes he was. 253 agreed that dump dump button is so stupid well I, I think they're trying to limit the damage but it's just so odd because you're hearing crowd you're hearing noise and then just silence mute for yeah. five seconds and it's on the heels of curse words getting through well and i <laughs> think
0: it's funny how long
2: it lasts yeah
0: <laughs> yeah because it's like oh man he's strung together about every major violation of the FCC.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting. But uh, there are things I really like about it. I mean, I'll i be curious to talk to John, and we'll talk to John Schneider coming up this week in person over there at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. And just, I don't know, they, has he watched it? Do they have scouts out there? I'd be kind of curious to see sure. if that's an avenue to look at potential players. Meanwhile, a lot happening with the Seahawks, certainly, but there's a lot going on with this Seattle Mariner team, and Ryan Divish will catch us up on everything that's happening. He's going to join us next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.